0: researcher, educator, uh, just a remarkable human overall, Dr. Lee Ayrton, whose work I admire so, so much. We are going to talk about Dr. Ayrton's latest project um, and remind you of some of Dr. Ayrton's previous work that is always worth returning to. I hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, After we finished recording our call, I did ask Dr. Ayrton if they would consider being a part of our Slack space that's available at queerwisdom.com. Again, that space is going to get up and running and busy in the weeks to come. And Dr. Ayrton so kindly said yes. So a reminder, um, if you are looking for inspiration and ideas to help you get started thinking now, about what Pride 2022 might be on your campus, you might want to head over to queerwisdom.com. But now, on to our conversation with Dr. Ayrton. Um, And listeners, I'll just let you know right at the top of the episode that all of the links that you hear us refer to are over there in the show notes um, because you are going to want to explore Dr. Ayrton's work. I cannot Um, I I just can't say enough great things about the work that Dr. Ayrton is doing for educators uh, and and really just people everywhere. Hope you enjoy this conversation.
1: My name is Dr. Lee Ayrton, and I'm a faculty member in the Faculty of Education at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. I do a bunch of stuff. I have various websites and projects, and my most recent thing I'm so excited to talk to you about is www.gegi.org.
0: Or gg.ca. I, I have to say, Dr. Ayrton, I was thrilled to have kind of stumbled across your new project. It's amazing. And again, folks who are listening, of course, we're going to be putting the links to the homepage, but the links to right. specific resources in the show notes um, as well, because there's there's so much that's there. It's just such a rich <laughs> resource with so many different audiences um, and so I, I really just kind of want to jump right in and, and start yeah. talking about it. Um, and I, I wonder if you don't mind if we actually talk about how you have a section there for school boards. Yeah, um, th- that totally. struck me as being really unique and and very, very yeah. important, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, I would say today when we're seeing school boards perhaps get involved in ways that maybe they didn't um, mm-hmm. uh, years back. So I'm wondering if you could just kind of walk us through your thinking there um, and and talk a little bit about um, maybe why that was kind of a component that you wanted to make sure was a part of this brand new resource.
1: Absolutely. So um, kind of the core of of gg.ca is a series of pages that are um, completely devoted to individual school boards. And it's important for folks to know that we didn't work with school boards um, to make GG. We actually made Gigi after doing a research project where we tried to find all the publicly available policies authored by a school board in Ontario that had the terms gender identity and gender expression in them. So we were able to generate research findings on kind of the state of how that's going but we also realized that we found a lot of stuff that people would want to have (laughs) and sometimes it took a lot of work um, for us to find this information about what teachers and administrators should do if X, Y, Z happens. It was really hard to find. And so we realized, wow, like that's we've gone through these six very intensive steps to find something that's publicly available. Um, We should probably share this with the public um, to find that stuff and also to find uh, contact information for who people should contact if they don't have a policy in their board and they want to see it or if they're experiencing something that needs Um, more support for their school because it's not what should be happening isn't so we actually ended up with a site where you can now because we've had a bit of an upgrade you can customize our four-step self-advocacy process for your school board and as soon as you type in your school board name you see all the policies that have that information in them or some contact information for people who you can talk to if they haven't done that yet and so we kind of, we didn't set out to make a school board specific interface, but we realized doing it that that is so important because those are the documents that will really matter. Those are the ones that govern what happens in schools. And now they're all on GG. <laughs>
0: yeah. And that that searchable, you know, I just, that, that I've never seen that before. And I thought that was incredible, really useful. And I'm also thinking about educators who are listening, who have learners who are thinking, I, you know, I've worked with a number of of educators where students have something called the Extended Essay, which is a heavily research-driven project. It's an IB. I did
1: an extended essay. I was an IB. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, I I feel
0: like sort of what you've done there almost, like the potential for that to be um, an extended essay, you know, could you talk a little bit more about that research process and Mm -hmm. schools or learners or teachers who are thinking you know, really digging deep into that local context is so important. It is. Um, oh, how did you start? And um, if you were to start all over again, would you start differently?
1: OMG. OMGG, as my <laughs> assistants love to say. Um, well, we we started that project that led to GG. Um, we started that because my colleague, Dr. Kyle Kirkup, who's in the law faculty at U of Ottawa, um we were very interested in just how uh different institutions are going to be act like making um these two new grounds of human rights protection real so we have gender identity and gender expression on the books but we know from socio-legal studies that that is not the whole story um of you know it goes on the books and then society changes that's not how it happens it's also not the whole story that the only thing that matters is what happens in courts and tribunals because lawyers and folks who are who do law do law outside of those contexts with incredible effects and things like motivation and negotiation and so we wanted to see how these two grounds of gender expression gender identity are being defined and like created by how school boards are um are interpreting them in these documents so these documents that tell folks in schools this is the law and this is what you should do about it and the what you should do about it tells us so much about how people understand those concepts and one of the we've just found so much we have an open access article um, with the Canadian Journal of Education that just spells out what we found and there's a lot of inconsistency there's a lot of misunderstanding and there's a lot of what we would say um, incorrect we would say this is incorrect but a lot of Um, a lot of sort of assumptions built into these documents that the kids who need our support are trans necessarily, or the idea that gender expression, sort of how you dress and groom and behave and, and all those things, that that's only a human rights ground that is held by transgender people and trans students. And that's not true at all. So a lot of our project is about supporting and encouraging the uh, a broad application or broad, broad um, understanding of that right so that everybody benefits from this legislation and not just trans people. But we do see um, it, the closing in of that to trans people own these documents. So on Gigi, we have a huge we have a lot of emphasis on transgender people, but on students, but also gender non-conforming students. Many, many queer people are gender nonconforming. Many, many straight people are gender nonconforming. And if someone thinks you are queer or trans, you'll experience homophobia because of your gender expression. So we, we basically, we started wanting to look into it and also with a concern that it was being limited and it is. Um, so this is one of the things gg.ca tries to intervene in, correct?
0: Well, and I'm wondering, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm getting the sense. And of course, I'm willing to take, the, the the leap and just guess that, you know, a lot of um, the organization of the site is intentionally curated. And um, you've got this great, very straightforward document about, you know, basically, what can we do to support mm-hmm. learners? And the number one, you know, you start with this first is, quote, teach as though there's always gender diversity in the room, end quote. Um, and I'm wondering if you want to talk a little bit to, yeah. you know, it's number one, I'm guessing, for a reason. Um, and and so if you, if you could just kind of, um, you know, address that a little bit for us.
1: Absolutely. So I, I have that in the creating a, creating a gender friendly classroom resource on GG, but that's also something that it runs through all of my teaching about, um, teaching and gender diversity, which is like you say, to teach as if from now there are always trans and/ or gender nonconforming people with you or students who have trans or gender nonconforming loved ones or family members. Um, and whether these people know this is who they are at the time or not. And the reason I say that, and I emphasize that is because we have a lot of schools that are getting really good at and comfortable with supporting a out, usually binary, usually gender conforming trans boy, or a trans girl, um, somebody who needs uh, acceptance and access seamlessly to things that are for girls or for boys in that setting, and that is wonderful. It's a wonderful thing that's happening. But as um, as transgenders' emergence is increases, and we we have more of the diversity among transgender people that is that is entering into our schools, into public life, we're seeing that trans as a category is actually not so easy to just fit into the way that we do things in schools and actually challenges a lot of that. So what I don't want, and what I work hard to, um, to intervene in, is the idea that if you have, like you can do all this stuff we need to do to make this an okay place, once you know you have a trans student. And there's a couple problems with that. And the first problem is that that relies on the teacher who, in, in most cases, in the, is a, you know, informed layperson um, and likely doesn't have that much access to knowledge about gender diversity. And that's changing, but that's usually where we are. It relies on that person being able to know they have a trans student. And unfortunately, most teachers, like everybody else, like me, we are all steeped in popular culture that offers us some pretty limited representations of what trans looks like. So we just cannot wait for um, teachers to have the capacity um to just be able to know if they have a trans student and moreover they may never know uh so we also can't uh, we can't demand of a tr- young trans person or a questioning person that they let someone know who they are if they have really no reason to believe that that's going to be a safe place for them when they do so we we really we cannot wait we must teach as if we have this with us and that doesn't mean teaching lessons about transgender people. It means making a lot of different kinds of little changes to what we do. And I I have, there's all kinds of other ways to do that in that document, but that's, that's really the why.
0: And I, you know, again, we talked about this last time, just the reality that school is so heavily gendered and it's sort mm-hmm. of, you know, like the fish to water. Once you realize that's what you're swimming in, you sort yeah. of see it everywhere. And I'm wondering... Oh, yeah. Um, You know, uh, I I also just sort of want to give a little bit of a shout out to your book, Gender, Your Guide, a gender friendly primer on what to know, what to say, what to do in the new gender culture. Um, And on page 93, you, um, you reference your project, your project, had, this is my pronoun from this yeah. a is my pronoun, the OG, um,
1: <laughs>
0: the OG from 2012. Yeah. Um, and um, you talk a little bit about the questions that you were receiving back in 2012 about gender neutral mm-hmm. pronouns. And, um, uh, you know, that the questions kind of reflected the state of public knowledge And I'm wondering, are you seeing um, sort of more nuanced questions or, you know, the conversation shifting that suggests, um, you know, you point out like educators need to do some learning and some unlearning. Yeah. In some ways, schools are supporting that. In other ways, of course, they're not. And I'm just wondering if you have a sense, you know, are you getting questions that reflect growth or stagnation or... Oh, yeah.
1: Big time. Um, big time. In fact, I, I archived um, theyismypronoun.com uh, a couple of years ago because the questions, we have this term in, in, among researchers called data saturation, which means that we're not seeing anything new emerge from non, when we do non-statistical research. So the same ideas keep coming up. And then at that point, we generally stop our analysis. We say, okay, this is what there is to know about this phenomenon using the methods we've used to study it. And I basically had that phenomenon with day my pronoun. Very few new questions. Um, a lot of the same things repeating themselves. Um, themselves, And that is why I archived the site. So the kinds of questions around what do we do about pronouns? How do we navigate that in everyday life? Those general answers, those were things that the general public had more and more access to. And um, and I had already answered them. So today, almost 10 years since I started they as my pronoun. Is wild um 10 years since I started that blog um I I've noticed just a ginormous shift in the tenor of the the question sort of the average question that I get and I used to have to do a lot of um what is this why does it matter that was a lot of what I had to do And now when I step into a um, a, a workshop or a conversation and I I talk to people all over Canada all the time and sometimes internationally, it's just, what do we do? What do we do about it? This is a thing. This is in the world, this is in our classrooms. This is something our students are experiencing. And we know that because we have them. We have folks saying, actually, this is my deal. And what do I do? (laughs) Just tell me, because I really want to get this right. And that's wonderful. Um, that's just a wonderful thing. That starting place is just so many steps farther along than we had. And it's so many steps farther along than many places in the global north. And I use that just because um, there's just, it's very important to know that there's different contexts for this work and that what I do isn't transferable everywhere because gender is very local, including transgender. Um, So we are... We up in Canada get to do a lot of wonderful work on the so what that you actually don't get to do in, 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 unfortunately, in the UK in some contexts and in the the United States, because they are still in many places having the what is this and why is it important and why is it even real? Up here, I don't, um, I just don't have to, that isn't what we're doing. Um, We're just figuring out what to do. So that is a shift I've seen in all areas of my practice: teacher ed, professional development, um, even like media. The way what I'm asked to talk about um, is just wildly changed. And I don't, I don't know um, what we'll be doing in ten years, but I think we'll be digging even more deeply into these enduring things that are difficult about actually making our institutions welcoming of gender diversity. Like um, I'd say that the sort of the number one thing that i am asked to work on with uh that I, not that i i have to but that i'm asked about um by schools of all stripes is um what do we do if we have a student let us know that they're trans but their parent isn't supportive and that is the hot question there will be hot questions later it used to be what is they <laughs> what does this mean that was the hot question and then it was um oh my goodness what about the bathrooms and then schools kind of figured out what they should do actually implementing that is is taking time but this is the hot question now and that is that is very much an artifact of our our evolving legal context because um it's very difficult for a school um, populated by adults who are well-meaning and and um and used to categories of information that are confidential and sensitive and categories of information that are public and knowable and just trying to integrate their usually layperson understanding of gender and parenting and what parents get to know and get to do with these two categories of information is this is this sensitive is it not sensitive how do i make that how do i make that judgment where does that information go and how do i help the student to make good choices about being who they are and staying safe. And that's very complicated. And that's, that is top of mind for a lot of people working in schools.
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, with that, you know, I I also, you know, I'm I'm wondering because I, I see this happen with the work that I do too, is a tendency to almost want a can there just be a template or a recipe that's going to work in every yeah. situation? And again, it's sort of like what you were talking about earlier, where what we're trying to yeah. do is expand our thinking around it, but then there's this natural tendency almost like, okay, but let's then get the little boxes out and and again, yeah. categorize again and conform yeah. again. Um, and I'm I don't know. I'm wondering if, if that's been your experience too, where mm-hmm. people say, well, isn't there just a, this is the recipe that certainly this will work in every scenario where, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're a few days away from yeah. uh, national coming out day. And, you know, sometimes even the way that we talk about coming out, mm-hmm. I really, you know, I, I find problematic because- sure. Uh, that that means different. One
1: time thing. It has a parade. You do it once and then it's over and that's right. not how this goes. <laughs> yes.
0: Exactly. Exactly yeah. that. So and it's you know I, I'm really glad you pointed out kind of the media influence there because I think part of that is also the way that media has told that story of Oh sure. coming out.
1: Oh yeah, and often with a very celebratory um desire. So I think so I I think um, there's two I, I'm really interested in how you tied that tied that desire for tell me like desire for in this situation what do I do and calling that kind of a, a one-size-fits-all kind of desire for a box with the um spotting a trans kid I know it's trans kid so I do xyz box that I, I think is not a good scene but the but the first one about tell me what do I do in this situation I I think that I am a person who does believe that there are things we can offer people to govern them in particular situations. I think that's true. And that isn't to say that everything will work for everyone, but that we can do it with a light enough touch that um, we we aren't so committed to this being the way that when we are told that actually that doesn't work for me or actually this didn't really go well for me, we can say, okay, thanks for telling me, let's do something else. But I do believe that it's not bad to give people a box sometimes. And it just depends on what the box is because um, I, for example, I have... I have come to a place where I am advising um, schools that if they have a student who says, and often this just happens, like, it's not a big coming out fanfare, it's like an incidental conversation where a kid says, hey, actually, like, I think I'd rather be called this name, or this is like a pronoun I feel okay about. Um, That's usually how an adult in a school can come into this kind of information. And I'm I what I suggest and I this is me offering a box is for the adult receiving that to be like thanks so much for telling me it's great um how does it feel what do you what do you how are you feeling about it um is this something you thought about for a while like is there like if they just tell you a pronoun you're like is there like another name that you feel excited about and just like being kind of chill but interested and um then there's kind of two key questions and that is is this something that folks know about at home and is this something other people know about at school and then if we have no and no then um, for me that's the end of the teacher's rule and that is unless the teacher is the most supportive trusted adult for that student in school Um, but that is the beginning of a conversation with admin or a school social worker or school counselor just like ascertain that the no home bit whether that's actually born of a sense of risk or whether that's like I actually am just nervous about it um and just that for me is that for me is very important because what we have have what we have in a lot of situations are lay people in this area teachers wonderful lay people um, who often have an open line of communication with home about so many things about a student, not realizing, uh, because they don't know much about this, that we actually have a bit more to, look, to think about before we get on the horn with the parent. Just a bit more. We have some questions, some exploring, just to make sure if the student is hasn't shared this with their parent. I mean, an argument is not abuse. <laughs> um, discomfort is not abuse or harm. Um, hesitation is not abuse or harm. Um, abuse and harm are abuse and harm, and those things can happen to kids um, of various kinds when they do, when their parents do know this is that this is how their child is identifying. So there's just a bit more to do, and so when, this is all to say that um, this is all to say that there's a skill set that is required as we try to ascertain what to do with this information. And where it should go and how open a child can be at school based on what their, what their particular risks are. And that's not necessarily for a teacher to make that call. Um, It might be, but it's likely not. So when I say offering people a box, like a, for one size fits all, I would say that's a one size fits all box. (laughs) Just rethinking what that role might be and where it ends and what else is required now.
0: I I love that, you know, again, that it starts with just, gathering some information, valuing that something has been shared with you. And as you describe that, it also dawns on me that if we are going to provide a, a box, that's an excellent one to provide because I, hope so. I well for multiple <laughs> reasons. One of which being there's some familiarity in that. You know, as an educator, I think even just the notion of, you know, learners bring us things sometimes that no, they haven't talked through perhaps with anybody else. Yes, um and I, I think, do. you know, just as a touchstone, Teachers have been in that space before. Um, And and again, hopefully that's just right. This is familiar. I I know how to sort of, you know, be the advocate, be the listener.
1: Um, And that's what I want, right? Like I want teachers to access their expertise of situations where they're not sure what's going on, but their primary duty is to the student. That is such a, a template for how we relate to things that are going on with our students. And that is also applicable here for this. It is not on another planet just because this is about gender. Right. And that's, right. that's a thing. Like if, if a kid is being constantly misgendered by their peers, that's not on a different planet than a kid is being harassed by their peers in my classroom. We have ways that we address that with um, you know, different degrees of, of discipline and reminders and support for the person who's, having, who's, who's enacting the behavior. We also do that for chronic misgendering. We don't imagine this is a trans student struggling, so they have to go to the counselor. We don't imagine this is an interpersonal conflict, so we have to do mediation. No, this is just straight up, I have a classroom management issue. This is my problem. So let us build these things into the structures we have. Like we have school, school st- office staff know that there's some information that is known at school and it doesn't go home like they have sensitive information procedures. Like if a parent is non-custodial and that changes and they can't know anything about the child or pick the child up, this is not that situation maybe, but we do have that framework. So if we have to do, if we have to use information that doesn't travel, we know how to do that already. So God forbid we have to do it in this situation, we can't. We know so much stuff and this is not another planet. So let's use it for this too.
0: Yeah, and you know, that reminds me too of, you know, I, I really appreciate you have a section on the on the website too that looks at some key terms and you can toggle back and forth between either the sparkly definition yeah. I love that, <laughs> or the serious one. You know, and that as a notion too, you know, of course, in the world of education, there are concepts where there's an art of translation or of reframing to make it, you know, learner understandable language. Um, And I love that because uh, I think that's the other fear sometimes for educators, at least in conversations that I've had is the, but how do I talk about this? Yes,
1: So it models that, I hope, and I'm great. I hope that that's what the sparkly section does is it's not just for um, K to 12 students to come and learn about their human rights, but maybe it can model how to have some of that teaching as well. And I, I want to say one thing about Gigi that I think is really cool. And it's also led to us being trolled quite a lot when we first launched. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Is the, eh, it went away. <laughs> it'll come back and it'll go away again. Um, but that, that is the, just the, 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 the sheer boringness of human rights law, which holds the subject of the law is the individual. The rights holder of gender identity human rights is the student. It is not the parent, it is not. And there is not a defense likely of a school that didn't intervene in a climate of catastrophic gender identity discrimination because the parent was not affirming with the child. That will not be a defense. Um, And we are seeing that Come out of um, of ca- case law and emerging, but we but that is what that is very very predictably what we will have. And so, Gigi dares to actually center the subject of the human right and say these are your human rights. This is how you self advocate. This is what gender identity is per and this is an accessible way to understand it. And we have societally except in quite niche places and organizations, shied away from offering that education. All of the most of the documents we found from our research project are adult focused. They have an adult reader and that's because policy imagines an adult reader. But even the school's gender diversity policy, 90% of those are just for adults. They don't imagine that a student is going to find this and read this because we, we don't, we yet struggle to imagine that the person we have to talk to is the kid, not the parent necessarily. Although we welcome, like GG is for everybody, including supportive adults and parents, but that's radical still. So I think, um, and that I think that we will will see that move and change. And I'm I'm proud that we did the most boring thing, which is center the actual subject of the right, um, the human right. And I think we'll see more people do that and more policy do that as well.
0: I mean, far from the most boring thing, it really. <laughs> It, 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 it really, you know, I, that was something that I noticed and to hear you speak about it, you know, I hadn't realized that about 90% of the policy being adult yeah. focus. And it sort of, I, I guess in a way it doesn't surprise me. And I wonder if this too, though, you know, the, the work that you're doing, you know, talking about what's already familiar for a lot of educators, we've been talking about student agency now for so mm-hmm. long.
1: Oh and yeah. This is, but not you know, about this.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, I love that as kind of, this is an opportunity if we say that we value student agency to really actually mean it. Oh, yes.
1: Um, we, yes, we had, we had, we've had, um, you know, a couple of folks who I don't think are are well intentioned critics to say, um, can anyone access this website? And I'm like, yes. And my answer is, it is a website. <laughs> Yes. It is a website that collects and translates publicly available information from human rights law and from case law, uh, law like we're, we're having a, a law centered site that's coming soon. That's going to be even more exciting, um, and from school board policy. So yes, anyone can come to a website on the public internet. And just the just the the idea that um, trans- offering and translating publicly available information for an audience of someone of people who hold these human rights is worthy is a critique it's fascinating. (laughs) Um, That that could be a strike against us is fascinating. And I just, it's just, I will just keep on being fascinated.
0: And, you know, was that sort of, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, was that, did you have that as a concept in mind when the project was starting? Or did that emerge in the middle? Or, you know, was it sort of a, oh, this is, this is kind of where the research is directing us to go?
1: Well, yes, because what we what we did is a deep, very deep dive analysis of all like, oh, we have over 300 documents that we have that we have analyzed and that we have published. about. We published our findings and one of those findings that isn't that isn't yet in a published article or we're working on it is um, is just the who is the who is the reader and the reader is by and large an adult. Uh, when these are publicly available documents of things like gender diversity in school board, it's an adult reader. That's who it's for. It's not. And so, kind of on that note, like on in our new sort of GG facelift, we have you customize the page for your school board, and then you you can click I'm having this kind of problem. It's like bathrooms, overnight field trips where usually accommodations are split by by a gender binary um sports names and pronouns and you click on that it goes down tells you exactly what your school board documents say should be happening but it also tells you what should be happening and tells you it says you have the right to use the bathroom that corresponds with your gender identity you do not have to use a gender neutral washroom if you are a trans girl or trans boy you must be given a washroom that you can use if you are non-binary. Sometimes that's a repurposed single stall staff washroom and sometimes it's not. But this is what must be happening. If this is not happening, this may be discrimination. Here is what you do. Same thing with names and pronouns. You should be seeing sustained effort. Students, staff correcting each other in a good natured way and correcting um, students when they misgender you. If you are not seeing effort and movement, this may be discrimination. Here is what you do. And just like the bottom line, you may play a sport that aligns with your gender identity. If you are non-binary, most school boards are still working that out. You will likely have the choice of playing one sport per year on one gender team. So you can play on the girls' volleyball team or the boys' volleyball team. Probably not both, but you, you get to play. So just the, the audacity of saying, this is the bottom line, this is what should be happening for you. If it's not, this is what you do about it. That I think is still audacity, which will change. It will become what happens and we will adapt and the next hot question will emerge
0: well i'm just i'm so happy to have researchers like you who are out there you know i I cannot even imagine how much work went into the website it really is just such an amazing resource
1: you're a great Uh, team let me tell you this is a village (laughs) gg is a village (laughs) Uh,
0: and i i know you have a section of the site that is coming soon about self-advocacy i noticed there's even more to come Mm. so folks if you've already looked at the website you know i I love that too dr eriton that it's sort of come back we're going to be adding more. Um, in closing, I kind of wanted to ask you, I know we touched on this and I'm, I love asking guests just for for sort of recommendations, you know, and when we're thinking about, um, you know, just a, a more gender diverse representation in the media. Hmm. Uh, do you have a show, a movie, a book, a podcast, totally. or something that you've been enjoying? Because I, I really do think it is so important that you know, uh, not all representation is good representation. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, having that conversation is really an important one. Um, and I, again, I think gets back to this idea of when we, when we're thinking about advocacy work, when we're thinking about um, you know the broad range of humanity and identities it isn't, you know, this is not the way of being queer. Um, I, I, kind of just think that's a, it's a nuanced discussion that we need to continue to have. Yeah. So that's my very long question to ask if you've got any recommendations so that there was a big buildup
1: and hopefully you don't say no. Oh, oh, you know what, um, what I love, I'm not a person who actually, I'm learning to access, uh, me- media and popular culture that, um, represents folks like me as much as that's possible. I'm learning to, re- to access that as recreation, because unfortunately one of the things that happens to you when you study something is it becomes work. So it's it's a process for me of learning to, um, to consume that for entertainment. And I'm learning, it's difficult, uh, but I am learning to turn off and just enjoy and to feel that. But I always go back to the writing of Ivan Coyote, always just wonderful, wonderful stuff. Since I was 18 and I was very lucky to grow up in Vancouver and get to interact with Ivan a little bit and to be, um, be around in person for some of Ivan's, um, earlier work and what a, what a, what a pleasure. But I will say that I'm a huge reader and I actually read a lot of stuff, a lot of fiction that has nothing to do with trans anything and is like about the Cold War. <laughs> and I watch I love submarine movies and I love submarine movies and I only figured it out a while ago because it's all men so there's really no misogyny (laughs) and it's all cis men so there's not really a lot of like there's no others there's no others or othering and that's not what the plot's driven by so I didn't know why I loved them so much but I really do it's just some dudes in a can trying to not die and like that's cool. and There's a lot of intimacy and friendship. Anyway, that's weird. But I will recommend um, the Expanse series of novels by um, the two people who go under the name of James S. A. Carey. Uh, James S. A. Corey, pardon me. I've read them so much. And the novels in particular, they've now become a series on, on Amazon. But the novels in particular, give us a world where so many things that we take for granted are just a little different. And there's there's non-binary people and there's queer people and there's polyamory and there's like all kinds of different things. And there's like straight people who get married and have children and there's just all these different ways to have family and to have kinship and intimacy and they're just totally normal. So that is actually what I seek out is just representations of the next thing where we haven't done away with anything. We just have possibility and it's fine.
0: And see, that's why I thought you were going to say you like submarine movies. The idea that like the deep <laughs> sea is the next frontier, right? Like- oh, there's no, well,
1: there's no sea life in submarine okay. movies. There's no, there's no frontier. There's just, we don't <laughs> want to die in the next two hours. What do we do together as friends? <laughs> do not die.
0: <laughs> I love that. And, um, you know, I, I feel like w- whenever that icebreaker comes up of like, you know, what's a hobby I'm just going to imagine you being like submarine movies I love it
1: a new one comes out I'm gone like I've watched Hunt for Red October like maybe 20 times I love it so much
0: and that's the <laughs> if you were to ask me to list submarine movies that's the only one that even can come to my mind I didn't even realize there's a whole collection or a genre so I've learned so much on our call today always Dr. Ayrton thank
1: you so yeah. much Trisha, it was uh, a pleasure and please please call me Lee my goodness <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll work on that. Uh, we will be linking over, of course, to the amazing new resource. But as well as um, you know, your your former work is is outstanding as well. And I believe gender your guide is now in paperback.
1: Oh yeah, it's um, all out there and ebook too. And ebook, and so you'll be the first to know. Actually, that it's also going to be an audiobook. And I am reading it. <laughs> oh,
0: that's amazing. That's, that's
1: fantastic.
0: Going to start recording
1: in the new year, and I can't wait for that to be in the world.
0: Oh, congratulations! That is really Thank exciting. Um, I will yeah. look out for that. Um, and again, folks, if you're listening, and your school library or your local library do, does not have those texts, request them. If you're on Goodreads, you know, get them on your to-be-read shelf. Um, it, it's such a pleasure and an honor to get to learn with you. Um, again, I, oh I hope um, I hope to see just more and more things coming coming from you. It's just um, the, the work that you're doing is really and truly inspiring. And thank you for reminding us again to always be centering the learner. Um, it's mm-hmm. it, again, it's an important point for us to just keep coming back to. So thank you for that.
1: For sure, it is my pleasure, and I'm I'm so grateful for the space you make. And thank you so much for having me.